Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This will be for Exodus chapter 5. Alrighty, beginning with verse 1. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and, and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may build, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. It would appear that the request which Moses was in the first place charged to address to Pharaoh was only for leave to go three days' journey into the wilderness, whereas it was intended that Israel should forever leave the land of Egypt. Secondly, a divine promise was given that Israel should not go empty, but that God would give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and that every woman should borrow of her neighbor so that they would spoil the Egyptians. At the outset, we observe the more than dutiful manner in which Israel was directed to act towards Pharaoh. Absolutely, the king, Pharaoh, had no right to detain the people in Egypt. Their fathers had have had avowedly come not to settle, but temporarily to sojourn, and on that understanding they had been received, and now they were not only wrongfully oppressed, but unrighteously detained, but still they were not to steal away secretly, nor yet to attempt to raise the standard of rebellion. Nor was the divine power with which Moses was armed to be at the first employed, either in avenging their past wrongs or in securing their liberty. On the contrary, they were to apply to Pharaoh for permission to undertake even so harmless an expedition as a three days pilgrimage into the wilderness to sacrifice unto God, a request all the more reasonable that Israel's sacrifices would, from a religious point of view, have been an excess or have been an, abom- an abomination to the Egyptians, and might have led to disturbances. The same almost excess of regard for Pharaoh prompted that at the first only so moderate a demand should be made upon him. It was infinite condescension to Pharaoh's weakness on the part of God not to insist from the first upon the immediate and entire dismissal of Israel. Less could not have been asked than was demanded of Pharaoh, nor could obedience have been made more easy." Only the most tyrannical determination to crush the rights and convictions of the people and the most daring the most daring defiance of Jehovah could have prompted him to refuse such a request, and that in face of all the signs and wonders by which the mission of Moses was accredited. I'm going to read that last sentence again. Only the most tyrannical determination to crush the rights and convictions of the people and the most daring defiance of Jehovah could have prompted him to refuse such a request and that in face of all the signs and wonders by which the mission of Moses was accredited. Thus, at the first, his submission was to be tried where it was easiest to render it and where disobedience would be without excuse. And that was by Alfred Edersheim. Kind of gives you an idea here that Pharaoh uh, wouldn't even let them do some something simple like go three days into the wilderness to do a sacrifice and then come back home. 
Verse 4, <clears throat> And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, lead the people from their works? Get you into your into your burdens. Get you unto your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the, the people of the land now are many, and ye make them rest from their from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the, the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tally, or quota, of the bricks <clears throat> which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. So here Moses is being told that they have to now do the same number of bricks, but that they have to gather the straw first. So um, not, not a good thing. And the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers, and they spake to the people, saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye get your straw where ye can find it, yet not ought or none of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters hasted or urged them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as there, as when there was straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded, Wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and behold, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is in thine own people. But he said, Ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore ye say, Let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, yet shall ye deliver the tally of bricks. And the Officers of the children of Israel did see that they were evil, that they were in evil case, or this is an idiom <clears throat> meaning found themselves in trouble. After it was said, ye shall not, ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord took upon you, the Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our Savior, this is Hebrew, us and an offense, and an offensive savor, not savior, because ye have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants, to put a sword in their hand to slay us. The people show a lack of faith and patience in the Lord. Verse twenty-two. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated or treated badly this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? As for Moses, the hour of his severest trial had now come. With the words of Israel's complaint, he went straight to the Lord. Yet, as St. Augustine remarks, not in the language of, of contumacy or of anger, but of inquiry and prayer. To his question, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? As, as so often to our inquiries unto God, unto God's, wherefore no reply of any kind was made. What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. To us, indeed, the need be of making the yoke of Egypt as galling as possible seems now evident as we remember how the heart of the people clung to the flesh pots of Egypt even after they had tasted the heavenly manna. 
and and the yet higher need for it for, be, need be for it, since the lower Israel's condition and the more tyrannical Pharaoh's oppression, the more glorious the triumph of Jehovah, and the more complete the manifestation of his enemy's impotence. But in Moses, it only raised once more, at this season of depression, the question of his fitness for the work which he had undertaken. For when Satan cannot otherwise oppose, he calls forth in us unbelieving doubts as to our aptitude or call for a work. The direction which Moses now received from God applies in principle to all similar cases. It conveyed a, flat, a fresh assurance that God would certainly accomplish his purpose. It gave a fuller revelation of his character as Jehovah with the special promises which was which that implied, and it renewed the commission to Moses to undertake the work accompanied by encouragements and assurances suitable in the circumstance. Again, that was uh, Edersheim. Verse 23, For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. So you can see that asking to just go do sacrifices caused uh, lots of trouble here uh, for the Israelites by the Egyptians. I bear testimony that these things are true and say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.